it really it sounds to me like the something which is important in all of this philosophy is becoming more present well it's the mind that becomes present so you've got awareness and you've got the mind the mind's the one that says i want to be present or i'm not present i am present or i'm not present where awareness would say i am the presence so the mind would say i want to be happy i am happy or i'm not happy the, the awareness would say i'm the happiness the mind would say, I want to be in the flow. I'm not in the flow. I am in the flow. Awareness would say, I am the flow. So it's back to that recognition again and again and again all the time. It's only the mind that thinks that it can't be in the flow because it imagines there's somewhere called the not here and a place called the not now or the other way around. It just imagines that it's in a place called not here, not now. When that place doesn't exist, there's only the here and now. So it imagines that, like, because it has an idea. So if you ask the mind, well, what do you mean by in the flow? So some people might say, well, you know, when I'm in the flow, I'm doing everything the way I want to do it. It's all going my way. And you hear it straight away. It's all about me. It's all about this imaginary little character called me, who's separate from the universe, who's saying, like, you know, what is I don't agree with you. I'm going to do things my way and stuff like that. And when it seems like it's going my way, then I'm like, yeah, I'm in the flow. But when it doesn't seem like it's going my way, I'm like, oh, I'm not in the flow. Whereas this is all happening in awareness that says, I am the flow. doesn't matter what you say, mind. You can say that you're in the flow or out the flow or whatever, because I am the flow. So when you stay in that recognition again and again and again, suddenly the mind starts to like sort of match up because it starts like getting the evidence because that's what it loves. It loves evidence. It likes evidence and it'll, it'll like look to an imaginary past for all the evidence. That's where it builds up all its beliefs and stuff. So once you start staying in that recognition all the time that I am the unconditional love, I am the awareness, I am the happiness, then suddenly... The mind starts to match up and starts to realise, oh, wait a minute, I am all these things already. And all that hypnosis, all the conditioning and programming starts to line up with the simple recognition of what you truly are on the deepest level, not what you think you are, what you recognise you are. And when you say stay in that recognition, how, how do you stay in the recognition that you are awareness? Well, there's a few simple ways. Like, one, you can just ask yourself at any moment, at any time, am I aware? Because all of that does, your intellect normally goes outwards to look for things. So it goes away from awareness. And let's say, for instance, awareness is one spot. It's not, but like, let's just make it easy. Let's say it's like one focus point in your body somewhere. Let's say it's your heart that make an easy one. It's not completely true, but sort of half true. But let's say it's that's the case. So your intellect goes away from you to look for, for evidence of stuff. So when you ask the question, am I aware? Your attention goes away from yourself to look for the evidence. Can't find it out there and returns to its source. And when it does that, then that's awareness being aware of itself. And that's the deepest realization that you can ever experience. 
it's that simple. But some people will sit on a, on a mountain for like 10 years to try and realize this. It's not necessary. Just ask yourself at any moment, at any time, am I aware? The answer will always be yes. Anything else, am I warm? No, I am now, yeah. Am I warm now? No, I'm not warm. Am I cold? Am I heavy? Am I light? Am I feeling good? Am I not feeling good? It's always going to be a different answer. But if you ever ask yourself, am I aware? The answer is always going to be yes. And to get that answer, first of all, awareness becomes aware of itself. And because it doesn't speak, the mind speaks for it and comes up with an answer that says, yes, I am aware. And you can ask that to anyone as long as they understand the question. If you ask that to anyone at any moment at any time and they understand the question, they'll always say yes. Because if you take away that awareness, everything will disappear. In the same way, if you took away the TV screen, everything would disappear from the film. It's just that simple. But that would be one way to do it. The mm. simplest. And another way, um, apart from asking yourself this question, would be meditation. Yeah. And then you can do like an awareness meditation, which is my favorite type of meditation. Why? Because you can't fail. It's impossible. So I, this, this is the type of meditation for people who say, oh, you know, I tried meditation. It's too difficult and I can't concentrate. Perfect meditation for you. Don't need any kind of concentration. Don't need any kind of like a skill. You won't get better at it. You won't get worse at it. It's just the simple recognition that you already are it. That's it. It's just that simple. And um, a simple way to start it off would be to just, you don't even need to do this because it's always happening all the time, but the mind likes a starting point and a middle point and an end point. So a simple way to start off would be to just ask yourself, what's happening here and now? And then just notice what's happening. I just felt really good when you said that. Exactly, because you just recognize yourself. That's the true you. The authentic you who's neutral and transparent. Everything's happening in you like that screen. The screen is neutral and transparent and it can show any picture. And that's all you have to do. It's not even a doing. It's, I'm only saying that for the mind. It's not a doing. It's just what you are. And it's just a simple recognition. Either you're recognizing that you're aware or you're just recognizing what's going on. But you, you can also use it as a formal practice, right? Yeah. And just like sit down, shut your eyes. Exactly. And and just, and then uh, you would, what, just follow the mind, right? You used a, a nice metaphor uh, last time about like a dog sniffing around. Oh, yeah. that's Well, that's the mind, isn't it? Because, you know, like normal meditations, which are really concentrations, because the word meditation really means to get to know or to be aware and all those other kind of meditations, which is nothing wrong with them. Like I'm a great fan of a lot of them because a lot of them are like self-hypnosis anyway. That's, that's what they are, you know, even like mindfulness, it's like more self-hypnosis to me because what's happening there is you're training your attention to focus on something. Now, often what people will use is like the breath or something like that. I often give people a very simple self-hypnotic, uh, self-hypnosis tool where it's just focusing on your breath and then giving yourself a suggestion of like deeper relaxed. So you're breathing in and then you're deeper relaxed and you breathe out. Breathe in, deeper relaxed, breathing out. It's wildly hypnotic. It just like sends you like poof, into a deep trance very quickly. That's done with a personal intention. So that's me, the person, the character in the film, 
wanting to achieve something. In this case, like a nice, deeply relaxed trance where like my mind's all just chilled out and stuff like that. Other meditations, it'd be like you focus your attention on the plants maybe and your attention drifts away and then it comes back because it's like a curious dog. So you tell it to focus on the plant and it focuses on the plant for a while, but then it says like, well, I'm getting bored of the plant. I want to go and look somewhere else. And it go and look somewhere else like that. And it maybe I'll think of something from yesterday or it's be like, oh, I've got to do something later because it often lives in the future and the past, which are not really real, but there's some kind of reality to it in, in an illusion sense. And then uh, you say to it, no, back to the plant. I'm not like, and it'll drift off again. You go back to the plant. So you're training your attention to focus on the plant. In this case, could be anything. And that way you'll get better at it over time. Awareness meditation says, let go of your attention. Let it go wherever it wants. Just be aware of whatever is happening. So no matter what happens, and it doesn't matter what it is, no matter what happens, that becomes part of your meditation. So say, most people are like, you know, I'll meditate because I want to like inner peace and stuff like that. Awareness meditation says, if inner peace turns up, great. If total unrest turns up and chaos, great. Because it doesn't matter to me. My house is where I live, is in the here and now. So if anything turns up during my meditation, I'm just going to greet it like we did before with the advisors. So imagine you're like meditating there, which you're just being aware of whatever's going on. And then like a really uncomfortable feeling comes up on that. Now with other meditations, you would probably try to get rid of it, change it, whatever, meditate it away. Not all of them, but a lot. Awareness meditation says, hello, uncomfortable feeling. Welcome. What do you want to say? So it doesn't matter what happens. Negative thoughts come along. Oh, hello, negative thoughts. What do you want to say? You're just being aware. Because it's not something you do. It's what you are. So you can't fail for it. You'll never get better at it. You'll never get worse at it. So why do it? Well, just to recognize what you truly are. It's actually an intentionless intention. Because whether you recognize it or not doesn't make any difference to awareness. It's like saying to the screen, you know, screen, recognize that you give all those pictures like life and stuff and recognize that you're the screen. Screen doesn't care. I'm the screen. I just do what I do. This is what I am. Whether I recognize it or not, that's something else. But for the mind, it makes a massive difference. Because when the mind recognizes, which it never recognizes, awareness recognizes, but mind makes a comment about it and the comment creates a feeling inside and that's the thing in it. So if the mind starts to, like, first of all, awareness recognizes itself and the mind makes a comment about it, like what you just said, oh, that made me feel really good. That's a hypnotic suggestion. An advisor will get created in the body that resonates with that. And it'll be a feeling of, like, joy or peace or whatever. And it's telling you, yeah, that's correct. That's the way it is. But when you start like having other ones that like don't resonate with you, then you're going to get a different advisor of, of, at the same time. So if you start thinking like, oh, this is a, this is a crappy meditation. I won't be able to do this. You might get an uncomfortable feeling telling you, oh, that's what you're saying. That's the definition you're giving it. So connect with that uncomfortable feeling and say to it, what do you want to say? What are you telling me? And then who knows what it's going to tell you. 
So really it's like an intentionless intention. And that's why you can never fail for it. Because the mind likes to learn stuff and, you know, say, look, look what I've learned. I can concentrate now for like 20 minutes on this thing. Because it's like, it's almost like a little child all the time. Like just trying to do something to prove that it's enough. And then when it achieves something, it's like, can I have some love now, mommy and daddy? That's basically what the mind is on the deepest level. So the mind doesn't actually recognize because it hasn't got that capability to do it. Only awareness can recognize, but the mind will make a comment about it. So every time awareness starts to recognize itself, then the mind will make a comment about it and say, oh, that's true. And now you're starting to reprogram everything up there in your hypnosis. You're starting to condition the mind to realize, wait a minute, I'm not this little, little body in the universe. I am actually the whole universe but I'm pretending to be a body. And it's like the actor is pretending to be the character and forgets that he's actually the actor or the actress. So the more you do an awareness meditation, the more you do that, the more you recognize that you are awareness. Yeah. And there was something that you said that's also uh, in one of your articles on your website, that the more, the more you become... It was something along the lines of when you become present. I know that you said you know become present because oh, when are. you recognize that you are the presence, right? And like when when you spend time, when your mind spends time in the present moment, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, what's the next bit you're gonna say? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was something you you can then tell me what what the line was, but it was like. The more, the more you become present, the more you adopt the qualities of presence. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so it goes back to, again, if you are the state of happiness, you are the state of unconditional love, which is experience without resistance to what is. The more you stay in that recognition all the time, the more the mind starts to match up with that idea of, wait a minute, I'm the one causing all the problems here because I am unlimited happiness, I am unlimited potential, I am unconditional love. And when I start to think things like, I'm not good enough, I'm not as good as other people, I need to prove myself, I'm the one causing all the problems. Which of course it doesn't recognize that, it doesn't realize it because it can't realize, but it's just another comment of that's like seems to come from the constant recognition of awareness recognizes things and becomes aware of things, and the mind makes a comment about it. So the mind can't be aware of anything. It can't recognize anything at all. It can only make a comment about it and make suggestions and make ideas. And awareness doesn't speak. It's When it speaks, you just hear silence, because that's how it sounds. So awareness doesn't speak, but it can recognize and it can be aware. So the two together create this like sort of loop going back. So when you keep staying in this loop and the main thing that you're realizing all the time is, oh, wait a minute, I'm unlimited potential. I'm proving it every single moment, every single time. After a, after a while, automatically, the mind's programming matches up to the recognition of what you truly are. And that's when like the real magic starts to happen because now it's not getting in your way anymore. It's like, I'm your faithful servant and I want to serve. What can I do for you? 
and all that negative program and all that bullshit that got programmed in, it just disappears because it's not true. And you've proved it to yourself again and again and again that it's not true because of that. Then it's got no other choice. The subconscious will just reprogram everything because it's like, this doesn't add up anymore. Mm. We keep recognising that we're unlimited potential. And then a thought comes along telling you, you're not good enough. It's like laughable. And where the thought like that, for me, like a thought like that could have bothered me for three months or something, you know, like when I was like younger, I didn't know all this, didn't realise this. So I thought to come along and say, you know, you're not good enough. Uh, no one likes you. you. You won't, you know, you're such a disappointment, which was basically my mother's voice just speaking basically inside the programming. That bothered me like for, for, for months sometimes afterwards and not like, you know, if someone else said it or whatever. And now, if those kind of thoughts come along, which they very, very rarely do, it's almost like it's a little kid about five years old saying to me, you're not good enough and not like, you're such a disappointment. And I'm like, no, what a little cutie. Like, like <laughs> patting it on the head and they're going, I'll say it again, that's funny, that's hilarious and that. Because now I realise what I truly am, that suggestion doesn't have any effect on me anymore. And I respect it. I really look at it like, oh, you're funny. You know what I mean? It's like a little kick on, yeah, yeah, you're, you're stupid and you're, you're a disappointment and no one will like you. And I'm like, no, oh, you little cutie. I mean, go and say it again. It's funny. It's hilarious. Whereas it used to bother me like for like months afterwards. It'd just be like a hypnotic suggestion. It would go in like dynamite and just blow me, blow me reality into that. Like I'd take on that person that would be like yeah you are like useless and you are a disappointment and and all that kind of stuff so by recognizing all the time what i truly am unlimited potential and it's not just like i'm it like everybody's a you know i recognize that everybody's a and that's one of the things that helps me when people come to me and they say you know i'm not good enough and i'll never be this and I, all i'm hearing is the character speaking to me because underneath underneath i can see your unlimited consciousness or awareness or unconditional love, whatever you want to call it. And you've played the character. You've gone into the hypnosis so deep that you actually really believe that you're limited. That's why it's funny to me because mm. I know like, and that's why I know I can always help them as long as they want to take the responsibility to help themselves. If they don't want to take that responsibility, there's not really much I can do for them because what they're saying to me is, I am this character in this film. I want you to make all the changes while I stay as this character. And I'll say, well, good luck with that. Because what you really want is you want to change that character because that's not who you are. It's just who you think you are. You've gone so deep into the hypnosis that you've actually forgotten or you've stopped, you've overlooked, you've stopped recognizing what you truly are on the deepest level, what your heart knows that you are. And you've gone up there, upstairs in the programming. And you start to convince yourself or it starts to convince you that you're not good enough, that you have to prove yourself, that you'll never be worthy. It's just all programming, that's all. But if you're not good enough, no one is good enough. The planet isn't good enough. These microphones we're using right now to record ourselves are not good enough. Like, if you're not good enough... Nothing is good enough. Well, again, it's just a, a perception, isn't it? So if we go back to our question, another one of those powerful questions that you could ask yourself is, without using any kind of thinking at all, what does the words good enough 
even me. You know, you've said this to me a couple of times and I feel there's a lot of, uh, that it's deep, that it's, it's alluding to something profound. But to be honest, I have not quite understood it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me put it like this. Imagine you're six months old and you're lying there in your cot and I say to you, you're not good enough. What does it mean to you? Right, nothing, because I, I don't know what Absol we've agreed that it means. Yeah. Abs absolutely. So only in the mental dream world of the hypnotic thinking and the, the hypnotic world does that mean something to you. So once you start to realize that, again, life is meaningless, you give it the meaning. It's a hypnotic suggestion. Who's, who's saying it? One drop of water is saying to another drop of water in the sea of life, you're not good enough. It's ridiculous. Of course, we're all just equal. We might be different, but we're all equal. So that's why why I say it like that, without using thinking, because when you were that age, six months, you didn't have those concepts in your mind. You didn't couldn't think that at all. And you can easily experience that now by saying to yourself, well, without using thinking, what would the words good enough even mean? And then you'll start to realize, doesn't mean anything. And what does it mean that it doesn't mean anything? Well, basically, that you're neutral and transparent. So that you can't be not good enough. Yeah, because good enough is a concept. Mm. It's an idea. It can't be a concept. It's just it, what is. It's back to just what is again. And what is? What is is what's happening now, seemingly. And But can't you, and I'm playing the devil's advocate yeah, here, you? but... Can't, can't, what is happening is you being not good enough. You thinking that you're not good enough is what's happening, yeah. So that's what is exploring that, that possibility within itself. So it's unlimited potential, remember? So that means that all those, those ideas that it's limited potential, they're also allowed. That's why the unconditional love is so powerful because it's like we're saying with the advisors, all the good ones, all the good feelings, they're all allowed. Come on up, yay, great, happiness, empathy, you're allowed, come on up. But all those other ones, you don't feel good, so you'll have to go. That's conditional love. Whereas unconditional love says you're all allowed. Hmm. So even the idea that this is complete bullshit, what I'm saying right now, that's also allowed. But does that make it true? Well, again, it's just your perception, eh? Like I've said to you before, that this, this metaphor I use all the time because this is just so simple and so powerful. Where we're sitting now, you're sitting opposite me. There's a window on the right-hand side for you. For me, it's on the left-hand side because we're sitting opposite each other and it's, it's in between us on the, for me, the left-hand side, for you, the right-hand side. Mm. If I was to say, the truth is that the window's on the left-hand side. And you were to say, the truth is that the window's on the right-hand side. Who's right, who's wrong? So there is no truth and there are just an infinite amount of interpretations based on what seems to be occurring. So you're both rich and poor. You're both good enough and not good enough. At the same time. And in the extremely mental world, good enough and extremely not good enough. And in the mental dream world of thinking, yeah, because there's a duality there. There's this idea that there's one or the other. But from what is his point of view, there's no two. There's only what's happening. Mm. 
to the because illusion. It's a concept. Yeah, it's just a concept. An again. infinite amount of concepts yeah. that can be used to interpret what is, but that really, that's just in the mind's world. In the mind's actually, world. There's only what, what is, is, which yeah. is not good enough or not good exactly, enough. Exactly. It's just what is. It's just what is. And that's the thing. And when you start to keep recognizing all the time that you are that unlimited potential, then you stay out of the duality, which is that two, constantly, and you stay in the non-duality, which is basically not two, which is one. And why do you call it like that is because, like, to say that it's one, you put a label on it and you say, okay, it's one. So we put a label on it now. So what often happens is people get mixed up with the label. So a typical example of this is like the word God is a highly uh, volatile word because everyone's got a different interpretation of what it means, which basically always points pretty much to the same kind of thing anyway. So they end up arguing about the label. No, it's God. No, it's Krishna. No, it's Buddha. No, it's whatever, Jesus. And they argue over the label. But the menu is not the meal. So you've got a menu and you've got a meal. And the menu is just a description, basically, about what the experience is of the meal. And people get stuck on this idea of labeling stuff all the time. And then they'll argue about the label. So to say what this truly is, instead of saying that it's one and say, giving it a label, you say what it isn't. So you say it's not two pointing to the thing that it's one, but not actually saying that it's one because you don't want to get fixed on the label again and argue over the label about what it is. I'm not saying what it is. I'm telling you what it isn't. It's not two. There's no division. There's no separation going on. It's just one seemingly endless experience. But the mind cuts it up into like all the pieces and says like, oh, and, and name stuff. So I'll say like, oh, there's a plant, and oh, there's a computer, and there's a whatever. You just said it's one seamless experience. I'd like to talk about the present moment right now, like, because we've discussed in the past how yeah, there's just a present moment. There's no past or future. Mm -hmm. So everything that you hope and dream about, like, I want to be a lawyer, or I want to be a musician, I want to do whatever, that's already happening now. Yeah. Every single possibility is already happening right here, right now. There's only one moment, and that's now. So why do you not see it now? Because you're limited by the, we call it like a body. It's basically unlimited awareness has allowed itself to be limited through a filter system, what we call a body. And that filter system gives you a very limited perspective, so you can only look from one place at one time. And also a filter system of programming to filter whatever's coming in and filter some stuff out and let some stuff through and stuff like that. So by changing your programming, you change what the filter focuses on. And you, you can basically tap into uh, a different reality and be like, okay, now I want to focus on the fact that I am this professional musician, if that's what I want to do. Exactly. And now I see that that's happening. Yeah. And it was always happening, but now I can perceive see it. it. I can perceive it. Yeah. I can recognize that now. Yeah, because you weren't sort on the frequency. You could say, like, think of it like a radio, and like you want to be on 110 FM because there's a certain type of music on there. But you've got it always on 105, and you're complaining all the time that like it hasn't got the kind of music that you want to listen to. So you keep expecting that music to come on 105 FM, but it's not happening. And then suddenly one day you realize, oh, I could just change the dial, and then you change the dial, and then magically, oh, but it was always there. 
it's just the radio filtered out the frequency that you chose. That's why it's so important to focus on what you do want instead of what you don't want. Because mm. again, the universe is a mirror. It just gives you what you want. What do you want? Tell me what you want. Which uh, frequency do you want to receive and transmit on? You want to receive and transmit on 105? I'm going to give you everything with 105. 110 is going to be there, but you won't be able to perceive it, even though it's there, because you're tuned in 105. Mm. 